Today's scripture is from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Jesus visits Martha, Martha and Mary. Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Good morning, church. I'm a little person. There we go. I bid you grace and peace in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I count it a high honor to be here today at Wesley United Methodist Church in Concord, New Hampshire. <laughs> I'm getting around. I've only been in this job for two months, but it has been amazing. This is an incredible conference with so many resources, so many talented people, so much love for the Lord. And here you are. Just one more wonderful church I get to visit. And I appreciate so much your mission outreach with Family Promise and your spirited music here and your wonderful organist and your Pastor Jane. I mean, this is my sister I didn't know I had. <laughs> we started talking and we didn't stop. <laughs> we had so many connections and it's such a joy to be in ministry for many years to look back and see how God has worked. And I do honor the many retirees that are in this congregation and know that you understand that, that this is a, a wonderful, wonderful vocation to be serving the Lord and to watch how God has used us, even us, in the ministry that is the past as well as the now. And the now is what is probably one of the most exciting adventures the church has. Even though the numbers are down, even though sometimes we're worried about COVID, not everybody came back, this is the best time. We've got all kinds of technology. We've got all kinds of amazing opportunities to reach the world that we've never had. So let's go for broke. Let's make it happen. And I do thank God for, for having this opportunity. And I also count it an honor to have our district superintendent with us, Reverend Taysan Kong and his wife. We're happy you came. Uh, there's no little pressure. I got the DS. I got all these pastors, you know, but uh, I know you know what a gem he's been, and I couldn't have been more welcomed and supported uh, with the, the Kong family as well as the, uh, the wonderful Episcopacy Committee in our conference that takes care of bishops when they show up. I do send um, regrets from my reverend husband, spouse, Mary. Uh, Mary's a transgender woman who have uh, been journeying ministry together since we got married 44 years ago but she now has some health problems with her heart and the doctor advised her just to stay away from crowds until the surgery which is the first week of april so we're just kind of doing these trips by myself until after the surgery and we're just holding her in prayer for a, a good success 
So that's my story, and I'm sticking with it. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you for your word. It is like manna for our souls. So bread from heaven, feed us till we want no more, and send us out to minister to your hungry world. In spite of me or through me, Lord, speak a word to your people. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks be to God. Well, I appreciate that this church is studying an Adam Hamilton book entitled Luke, Jesus and the Outsiders, Outcasts and Outlaws. Are you in the study? If you're not, you should try it. <laughs> it's really a good book. Because of Jane, I went and bought it myself, and I am really enjoying this book for my personal devotional time. It's very readable and has a lot of practical advice for our lives. But today's lesson is about the part in the book that talks about Mary and Martha. And this is always one of my favorite passages, so I'm glad this was one I get to do. When I was a pastor a long time ago with regular people <laughs> where I got this bishop gig, um, I had a little deaf church. Now, I know you saw me signing. I'm, I'm somebody that is a recovering deaf pastor, okay? I spent 20 years working with people who could not hear and use sign language for communication. <clears throat> it was great. If you had laryngitis, no problem. <laughs> but if kids got up or made noise or anything, uh, everybody would look at the kids, you know, and you'd have to wait until they're looking back at you because they could hear with their eyes, right? But for sure, um, we had the great honor of a bishop coming to visit. And our church was kind of not looking so good at the time. It was a poor congregation, and we didn't have much resources, and the, the church looked a little rusty, okay? So we knew the bishop was coming, so we, we got all ready, and we cleaned out things, and we mowed the lawn, and we set up flowers, and we even hired a, a company that worked with folks that were recently out of prison to come and paint some of the rooms that were really bad looking. So we were ready, and when I arrived at church that morning, I was horrified to see that the church had been robbed the night before, and we're not sure who did it, but there was no sound equipment, there was no uh, brass altarpieces, uh, there was nothing in the church that, could, that wasn't nailed down, that wasn't taken away, and we were horrified, you know, the bishop's coming and we don't have any, any technology to show off, and <clears throat> well, the bishop said, Silly rabbit, no. He said, that's really crazy. We, I didn't come to see your paint. I didn't come to see a fancy church. I came to see you. I came to worship God with you. And I was greatly relieved. But when I thought about what he said, it reminds me of the passage we just heard from Luke about Mary and Martha. What did Jesus come to visit for? Well, he came to see Martha. Martha invited him to her home. That's interesting. That wasn't Lazarus' house. It was Martha's house. Right? And he came to have dinner at this lovely home. And still today, hospitality is probably the most important thing a church can do when it comes to growing a church and meeting new people and extending love. I just got to tell you, you got to feed people. Always feed people. <laughs> Give them a cup of coffee. Make them welcome. Jesus loved to eat. If you read Luke, he's always at some party somewhere having dinner. And that's kind of what we should be doing as well. Showing hospitality. It's precious. And when I used to serve in local congregations, that was so true. And I noticed that we'd have 
double the attendance on Ash Wednesday, Holy Thursday, and Thanksgiving Eve if we serve food with it, okay? And Vacation Bible School soared when we fed the parents dinner as they dropped their kids off for Vacation Bible School after work because people need to eat. It's a hungry world. Many people go without food. You'd be amazed how many people just don't have the means for feeding their family. Recently, I visited Matthewson Street United Methodist Church in Rhode Island, one of your conference uh, churches. And they have this amazing feeding program, a hot breakfast, I mean, with all the fixings every Sunday morning. And it is full of homeless and unhoused people. And they feed breakfast, but they also feed them the word of God. And they get fed double. And then on the way out the door, they get a bag of food for lunch. So they get fed triple. That's the kind of church we all can be. So keep up your hospitality. It's powerful. It's incarnational. It's life-giving. And Martha did the right thing. Sometimes we always kind of pick on Martha. I'm a Martha, so I like Martha. But the concern Jesus had, which was valid, was that she was worried and distracted. She was probably being Martha Stewart with all these many dishes and many things and worrying so much, and it was taking a toll on her. Have you ever done that? I know I have. (laughs) Overdone things to the point where it wasn't fun anymore, or worse, that it lost its original meaning. I've presided over many weddings that are so overdone that the wedding service itself becomes a show and not so much the spiritual side of the true meaning of the marriage vows. We certainly see this at Christmas, too, with so many gifts and parties, and it kind of seems to take over the humble Christ at the manger. And I'm not saying that a fancy wedding or Christmas is a bad thing, necessarily. But what I'm saying is that Martha making a super nice meal for Jesus was was okay. (laughs) The bad part was that she was certainly overwhelmed. So that part is for all of us, to try not to be over-functioning. Try not to do things to the point where we get upset and distracted by them, no matter how good our intentions. Adam Hamilton said, Martha's intention was to serve and to bless, and that was commendable. But Jesus sets Martha straight. Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing, and Mary has chosen that. And one thing might have been just one dish, you know, not six different dishes, but he was talking about the one dish to eat. He was talking about what Mary had chosen. And that was the other person he came to see. Mary had singleness of purpose to listen to Jesus and to sit at his feet and take the ministry of the word into her heart that day. That was the one thing most important. The truth of Jesus' teachings is the one thing still we need more than anything else in this world. Mary made Jesus a priority and put everything else aside. And still today, that's what Jesus wants from us. Just like Bishop Scholl, when he came to visit my church, he wasn't there to see the paint job or the brass on the altar. He came to see us and to see Jesus. And Jesus simply wants us to come and see him, to be still, to listen, to humbly be open to what he wants us to do. And sometimes 
Jesus wants us to fix some stuff, change some things, learn some new things in the Word of God. When we pray, we need to give God praise, confession, petition, but we also need to sit quiet and listen. Prayer is a two-way street. Listen for the leading of the Holy Spirit. It gives you direction for your life. It helps you know what to do when you're just perplexed. It is manna for your soul. So when you come to church, worship is a beautiful thing. Certainly music and a lovely worship center leads our hearts to God. But the most important thing is God's here. God's here talking to us and speaking to our inner hearts. And God speaks to us through the word. And the word can change us and shape us and challenge us and yield 30, 60, 100-fold out in that world doing good works. So Jesus came to see Martha. Jesus came to see Mary. Jesus also had a, another agenda, and that was justice. And I think one of the most important takeaways from this text and the book from Adam Hamilton is that Jesus was lifting up an outcast here. Women in his society were seen as far inferior to men and expected to serve men and carry on the menial tasks of the society. The Mishnah, which is the commentary on the Torah, the law of Moses, even stated that men should not talk much with womankind as they were considered inferior. Jesus was about the business of breaking down those kinds of barriers. He was in the business of lifting up the outcasts. And still today, there are outcasts. Even women still are considered less than, and women don't make the same dollar as their male counterparts. But Jesus would call us to raise up, to listen to, to empower, to invite, to be a part of the inner circle influence for all people. Women, men, young, old, all the wonderful diversities of humankind. But this is hard, hard work. The world chafes at this kind of thing. Balances of power are threatening to people who have the power. Just read the newspaper. Just listen to what power things are happening in our legislative halls across the country. People are trying to keep down those people. They're trying to tell their history. People are trying to keep down kids that feel that maybe they are gender diverse. Because power wants to keep power and keep those other people in their place. It's not a little thing. It's a big thing. Because justice is the heart of Jesus, who came to bring recovery of sight to the blind and freedom for the oppressed and release for the captive. That's Jesus' first sermon. He kept preaching it with his life. So Jesus' work is important of justice, hospitality, and prayer. And so I ask you, who in your midst needs your voice of empowerment? Who maybe in this family of the church just doesn't get heard very much? Who's outside the door of this church that needs to be included and welcomed in and become a vital part? The Apostle Paul says those who we deem weaker are indispensable. And I know that to be true with the deaf community I worked with. I know that to be true in World War II, during the time of uh, radio transmitting messages secretly, and the Germans were listening to our messages and they understood English. And then someone realized there were some soldiers in our American army that 
spoke Navajo. They were native peoples who spoke their tribal languages. And these languages were totally indecipherable to the German soldiers because they didn't know Navajo. And suddenly, <laughs> the most important part of that war at some battlefield on one particular day was that the messages were transmitted from English to Navajo and Navajo to English and the Germans had no idea what the Americans were trying to do. That's what I mean by the people we think are less than. They're the most indispensable. We just got to figure it out and make sure everyone's included. And the church will have all the gifts and graces that it truly needs to lead it forward into its next century. So Jesus comes to visit us every day. He is present with us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and God's righteousness. And all those other things you worry about, folks, are going to be added to you. There's a need for the Marthas in this world and the need for the balance of the Marys. Service and faith, they're not mutually exclusive. So follow the path of Jesus in seeking justice for the oppressed. And when you do that, you have given him your heart when he comes to visit. And I'd like to close with a very old poem written by 17th century poet Robert Herrick that puts it this way in kind of quaint old English. Christ, he requires still, wheresoe'er he comes, to feed or to lodge, to have the best of rooms. Give him the choice. Give him the nobler part of all the house, the best of all, your heart. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this, your congregation of Wesley United Methodist Church. Thank you for their wonderful history and the ministry they have carried on in faithfulness through the years. And now, Lord, they set at the precipice of a new generation, a new time to bring the church into this world of ours. I pray, God, that you pour a double portion of your Holy Spirit on them, that they might fulfill the calling that you have on them. Bless their leaders. Bless their pastor. And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.